these losers in Las Vegas who keeps thinking he's gonna come up with a way to win at blackjack. Are you ready for some TNA? My friends and I aren't your average blackjack players. We're all APs, which, if you don't know, stands for advantage player. As in, we play with a mathematical edge or advantage over the house. Yeah, card counters. That would be us. On this podcast, I'm going to bring you true life stories about the AP life. There'll be stories of all the times we fucked up. Stories when we made out like bandits. Stories of losing more in one session than a lot of people make in a year. Stories of getting backed off in one shoe. Stories of average shows out here doing this card counting thing with some of us crushing it and some of us just making our way through it. So if this is the kind of shit you want to hear, well, listen up, because we're about to give you some TNA. And welcome to our attempt at Imaginary Radio that we like to call the Tens and Aces Podcast. I'm your host. My name is Mike. On today's episode, we have an interview with Blackjack AP Workhorse. If this is the kind of thing you want to hear, then listen up, because we're about to give you some TNA. With me today is Workhorse. Welcome to the show, man. Great to be here. How about a little origin story from you? So about three and a half years ago, a casino opened up near me. Never really thought about going to a casino. I, you know, I thought everyone kind of loses their money there. A close friend of mine actually moved down to California to run a casino business that did like pop-up promotions for businesses. And when he came back, he's like, hey, we should go to the casino. So he brought me and we started playing craps. And I immediately loved craps. And I, I knew it wasn't a winning game. It's- fun yeah it's fun you know i started winning more and more money and i was just actually going you know before and after work for two three hours and actually consistently winning even with the losses and wins but i knew it wasn't going to continue i knew there was going to be an end streak eventually and so i started thinking well there has to be a way of continuing to win the oddest place that got me thinking about card counting because i've known about it for a while through documentaries was basically a dealer asked me why i was so good at craps and so I always joke that I'm counting the dice. There's two, one, two. <laughs> <laughs> so eventually he said, well, you're a smart guy. I don't see why you're not counting cards. And this guy gave out the worst advice for craps to begin with. So after a slight losing streak, I kind of took a break from the casino and started learning blackjack at work. I work 12 hour shifts, three, four days a week, but a lot of it's downtime. So I started finding different videos online. And eventually I found uh, BJA through YouTube. So I looked up all their videos and then after a couple months of studying went back into the casino and started playing which i've never actually played blackjack before then never even like just you know at a home game or something or no blackjack at all no blackjack at all it kind of bored me because it it seemed like a too simple of a game that it seemed like it was basically a game that you would kind of play but get disinterested and walk away so it never even caught my eye at the casino so i've never played one hand of blackjack before i started counting so obviously had 
had no idea basic strategy or that the game could be beat other than maybe you've heard like well i knew there were cards you know yeah i knew there was basic strategy i didn't know what plays were on there and i knew Mm. count was a thing but when i saw documentaries and different you know movies based on it and i actually saw the movie 21 after i started counting basically yeah late late start on that one but i saw these documentaries on the history channel i thought of course you have to be somewhat smart i didn't think you had to be a rocket scientist but because it was a one percent edge i didn't really think of like you're playing 100 hands per hour you know 150 hands per hour so you're cycling money i thought Mm -hmm. you'd actually have hundreds of thousands of dollars to get that edge i didn't realize you could do it with ten thousand dollars because of how many rounds actually get right exactly so that's why i never bad the eye at it was i thought it was a boring game i knew it could be beat but i thought you had to be a millionaire to even try sure and plus probably correct me if i'm wrong your casino experience up to that point was you were just going there for fun basically and trying to make a little money but you know you understood you were gambling and crafts can be a lot of fun yeah especially if the whole (laughs) table's winning at once it can be a gut punch too if seven out line away seven out line away you know yeah and i I did it somewhat mathematically based like i know every 6.5 rolls there's going to be a seven so i do weird things to try to hedge that but i knew eventually it was going to be a losing game but i did get value out of it because i started friending dealers and pit bosses which i still have today Mm. yeah that's definitely probably easier to have conversations like that at a craps table than a blackjack table for obvious reasons yeah and and none of them actually know i count they just know i don't play craps anymore i think it's because they saw me have this huge loss (laughs) right and the place i think you're talking about they're pretty clueless so (laughs) oh oh yeah (laughs) like i've I've probably played close to 250 hours there over three years and they still have no clue or don't care or the other because i think there are some people there both dealers and floor people who know what's going on but they just don't care they have so many slots and i don't know if they have an internal threshold where that's where they cut people off I did have one uh, dealer tell me just don't win over a thousand a day, which I've hit over that before. So I think he was just guessing. Yeah, that could be a soft threshold they have, not like a steadfast rule. Like if you go over a thousand on one day, they're gonna check you. But if you continually win over a thousand, they probably that that sounds pretty sound to me. I do know people that have been backed off there. A couple that were straight up backed off, and a few other that were just flat bet mm. after hundreds of hours, like you're saying. Yeah, and I'm kind of surprised I haven't been kicked out yet because when I was a craps player, I actually had a cashier living with me for a short time and security was over. And when I was playing craps, I actually had large amounts of chips in my house. And so security would come in and they would actually give me detailed notes of whether they were watching me walk in the casino or not. And at one point, I actually showed up to their company party that was only for dealers and pit bosses. And so <laughs> there was kind of a conflict there. But then I was actually doing cash games for poker with all the dealers. And so we actually got a, a letter from the casino saying, I I couldn't handle the dealer's cash outside the casino. So I thought they would have their eye on me a lot sooner than what they do. So because you were a player, you couldn't handle the dealer's cash outside of the casino? So basically their contract says they can't handle cash games outside the casino, even if it's private. So they would hand me cash and I would run the games in their house. Right. And we were giving out cash, but then management came in. They sent a whole letter saying that I was getting too friendly with the dealers and vice versa. And so I, that, I took that time off to basically learn blackjack while laying low for a couple months, about four months, five months. Yeah, that's a actually pretty good cover 
for you switching off craps. Yeah. You know. Yeah, and I I actually had a I just came back from the casino not even an hour ago, and I actually had a the new pit boss was actually a craps dealer, and he says I haven't seen you in two years. Why aren't you playing craps? And I was like ah, I've lost too much at that game. At least this game's a push. And he just kind of like you're right, and then he just walked away. Good answer. <laughs> So where is your AP career gone from there? So uh, basically I studied for a couple months and then started playing. I didn't really have any kind of bet spread. I knew I couldn't put out, you know, table max with a high count of, you know, a true three or anything, but I was playing pretty conservative, you know, $5 tables and then go to two hands of 10 or 15 at a true count of one or two. And so I was averaging out about $25 an hour. And then I kind of took a break, try to study more and make sure I have uh, had the game down. Your AV or EV was 25 an hour. That sounds kind of high for EV. Uh, you must... Yeah, AV. Sorry, I interrupted you. Oh, you're, you're good. Once the coronavirus hit, I basically stopped going to casinos, didn't really study. And then uh, halfway into the, the coronavirus happening, uh, the casinos started opening up. So I started revisiting it and then started going to casinos again. And then eventually at the around November, I decided that I would dedicate so many hours a month. And I'm averaging out about 10 to 12 hours a month now, AP since the casino is close. You said you work three, four days a week. That sounds like a great AP schedule. I mean, yeah. I mean your actual job, nine to yeah. five. Yeah, 15 days a month. And then I work 12-hour shifts, but I might only work four or five hours of that. So the rest of the time, I'm either studying or watching videos. <laughs> That's awesome, man. <laughs> <laughs> so after the coronavirus, you got more serious about the blackjack game. It's interesting that a lot of people I've talked to use the coronavirus shutdown time to, you know, take the time because there was nothing else to do. So they found something to occupy their time and they find blackjack and they studied up. And I know a few people that their game was eh, okay before coronavirus, but now it's on point. Yeah, I, I definitely think people took time to to use that time to study and try to relearn or advance their skills but uh, with my weird job, I was actually working overtime basically the whole time of coronavirus because we couldn't keep up with production. Everybody else was complaining, oh, no, I'm going to lose my job. And you were like, <laughs> yeah, we're making more money than ever. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. So where did you go from there, AP wise? So from there, I, I've bought in BJA. I've definitely studied it. It's definitely helped uh, me with the region I'm in because there's so many casinos. Uh, knowing what kind of game is there before I even travel or want to travel out. So I could actually plan routes, look at like bet spreads before I even show up and know the game before stepping into the casino. So it's definitely saved a lot of time and money and gained EV, but it's getting me more comfortable with traveling outside of the two or three casinos I have locally. A couple of them are uh, notoriously sharp and one of them is notoriously not sharp. <laughs> yeah, so. I, th I think I hit it at the right time because I think, you know, one of the places I'm referring to. But mm -hmm. as soon as it went back up, I was there within the first week and... And I've went there about four times and I got about 10 hours out of it. And I got about uh, $2,800 from them before they realized what was going on. Yeah. And a, a buddy of ours didn't last nearly that long. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and the spread was crazy. I was going from $5 to two hands of 125 wow. and then down to five right in front of them. That is crazy. That is I, crazy. I, 
I figured they would kick me out fast, so I was just going wild with it, knowing they wouldn't put me in a database. They don't really communicate out other than the casino across the way. So mm-hmm. I, I felt like going for it, and I lasted about 10 hours. Yeah, that, it's funny how that works out sometimes. Sometimes you, get, you don't even last a shoe, and then other times a different AP will go in the same place, maybe even the same shift, and like you said, last 10 hours. Yeah, well, and I think what helped is knowing that they weren't going to database me, and a lot of them, a lot of the people going in there are regulars and signed up for players cards i actually signed up for a players card knowing that they wouldn't send out the information Absolutely. so that so that got me about 300 dollars in free play and the time there but if i would have showed up and not handed out my id or just said oh no i, I don't want that i think they would have caught it within the first session yeah you got to have a good cover story you know if they ask you about why you don't want it usually i have the same similar cover story is like when i was in las vegas uh, a couple months ago what i did was i was at sam's town and they asked me if i wanted a player's card and so i said no i'm just traveling through i never gambled but my buddy gave me 200 dollars, so now he wants me to gamble so i really don't know what i'm doing and so they asked me oh well, why don't you want a player's card well i'm helping him move from la to salt lake so we're just driving through and we're here for three hours while he you know goes to the bathroom and refuels and for some reason he wants me to gamble this 200 dollars. <laughs> <laughs> right on. How long did your action last at Samstown? Surprisingly, uh, I was there for three hours and they didn't kick me out. Right on. I, I, so I chose to move on to Boulder Station. I'm glad that cover story was apparently effective because you got that time in there. But I'm really not so sure it was really a great cover story because, you know, you told the pit that you had never gambled before and you're just playing your buddy's money. But then you're playing perfect basic strategy, deviations, moving your bet. But hey, I don't know. I guess it worked because they didn't back you off, right? But anyway. (laughs) So... How long were you, how many hours did you get in before you had your first back off? I would, at first I never really recorded how many hours I had. So it's hard to say. I just kind of had a pile of cash and it either went up or it went down. So I would say it was within the first 40 hours of playing. So this place actually trespassed me and I think the guy was just having an off day. So I was actually spreading pretty wild knowing that they would eventually back me off. So I just wanted to get as much money as possible. So I was going from $5 to, you know, going to two hands of 10, which is their, you know, have to double up the bet to play a second spot and then going to 125 a hand. And I'm playing there for about 40 minutes. And then all of a sudden I got a tap on the shoulder and this guy isn't wearing any suit. So I think he's going to ask me, could I join? And so he says, you know, could you step away from the table? And I say, okay, well, what seems to be the issue? He's like, well, I want to talk to you. Well, okay, well, let me color up. I want to view my color up and we'll go talk. Well, apparently that wasn't the right answer. And he wanted the dealer to color me up while I was out of view. And so I disrespectfully said, well, could we please color up and then we'll go talk? Mm -hmm. Well, I guess this seemed like I was ignoring him and he's just like, you're trespassed. I don't want to see you back here. Because apparently that was too disrespectful. Oh, you mean you don't want to watch the dealer color up your chips and make sure they get it right? How yeah. Dare which, you? Uh, you know, around here, you've had the same issue. Dealers don't, they can't really count. Yeah. Especially at the larger joint down the street from where this incident happens. They mm-hmm. always screw up. So I had a cash cage woman actually try to give me $900 more than what I had. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if you heard uh, the, the most recent episode with the snowman on. 
don't know if you heard that or not, but he, he, at that same place, he had three or four incidents within like a week and a half at that place. <laughs> two of them at the cage, two of them at the table. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I actually had a place in the Seattle area. You probably know it. They don't have the double deck anymore, but I'm hoping it comes back. So they said at midnight, we have to stop the shoot and you have to be colored up by law, which I've never actually heard that. And we're flying through the shoot. And then this just drunk blackout guy sits down and he's slowing down the whole game. He's asking where the dealer's from and where I'm from and what my name is and what he's drinking next. It was just a mess. And the dealer's just getting so antsy that he's the dealer is actually going over him. So if he has a 19, she's automatically standing without a hand signal. If he has a 14, she's automatically hitting for him. So they're just flying through the cards. And I'm just, the count's going good, so I'm raising my bets. And I push a stack of chips at the very end because they have 10 minutes to color up five people. When she goes to color up, I hand her exactly the money that I need. It was like $525. So she throws me back $50 and then proceeds to call out $200 over what it is because she's now looking at $25 chips and red chips when she could have just handed back the red chips or green chips. It was like a weird Mm -hmm. So she looked at weird. The pit boss came over, agreed with her, and they threw me extra two or three hundred dollars on top of it. So I, <laughs> I just grabbed it and walked away because they were so fascinated that we have three minutes now to color up the next people because they only have twenty five or thirty dollars that they just blew through it and just kept going. That's crazy. I have played there at that particular place several times and I've never heard of that rule. It's, first of all, it's not a law. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I kind of question it. Like there's no, they want off early. That's what it is. There's only yes. five of us in the casino. It's like when you go to Safeway at 11.59 or 11.58 and they close at midnight and there's someone at the door. They say, oh, we're closed. I'm like, uh, it's 11.58. Your sign says midnight. Well, we're closed. Well, sorry. It's a let your sign says 12 and I came here. So let me in the <laughs> door. I've actually had this conversation and they're like, oh, you better be quick. <laughs> or, or I've been in there like like 11.30 and then between 11.30 and midnight, six people came up. We closed at 12 and the register is closed down at 12. I actually heard that there. I'm like, no, they, no, they don't. <laughs> they're, they're restocking after 12 and doing paperwork. Sorry, listeners, about my old man yells at cloud rant there about the stupid grocery store clerks. I might as well have been saying, get off my lawn. But anyway, <laughs> now back to talk about blackjack instead of my trials and tribulations in the local grocery store. <laughs> because and I never planned on uh, cashing him in that day anyway. <laughs> Yeah, right. Yeah, well, he doesn't think like we think. But yeah, because I mean, who, who besides the AP or a drunk person who forgets to color up? I've been that guy in the distant past. <laughs> Get back from Vegas. What are these six purple from Manila Bay doing in my pocket when I'm doing laundry? Oh, shit. <laughs> well, and the thing that was weird about that casino is I didn't really pay. I was so focused on the table games, rules, and pen that I'd never noticed they didn't have any 500 chips. So I was buying in for two, three, four hundred dollars at a time and then coloring up and walking away and i was staying in the area to play the place down the road in that place so i was there for two and a half days and so at the end i had all these hundred dollar chips they actually filled up a whole tote like a whole ziploc <laughs> so i didn't really know how to cash them in because i i'm still four hours out of the way to go cash them in so i had to sell them off to a group of friends that i was with right i think their threshold there is like either five hundred or thousand dollar before they demand id yeah I think it's five, actually. Yeah, I, I don't know because I, I sold off 500, 600, 700 here. I still had $3,200 worth on me. Right on. So I understand you had another back off recently? 
So how did that go? Uh, very nice. So I had some extra time, about 10 minutes down the road. I walk in as afternoon. I think it was Friday. So it's pretty busy. I walk in, get temperature scanned, walk up to the seat. And I don't even get my left ass cheek to the chair before I hear my name being called out. And I look up and it's the pit boss. So I ask him, did I win something? Because they hand out prizes all the time. And he just gave this huge grin. He's like, you know what I'm about to do? And there's two ploppies just staring at me and they stopped the game and they're like what did he do well he he's just too good like you know what you did and i congratulate you for it we just can't have it anymore you can't play any of the table games but if you want to play poker you can but i'll get you a free meal since you made it out this far right that's awesome it's really yeah, not that at, far <laughs> yeah and i was actually surprised so i didn't know what to say so we we talked for a little bit i didn't give him any information but shook his hand and like oh thank you for being so nice and you know i've had a lot worse back offs but I, i'm glad that you're you know nice and professional about it wow what what was your worst back off the one at the other place that you just yeah. mentioned yeah the the other one immediate trespass for wanting to view my money <laughs> Yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> yeah, how dare you want to make sure that they don't screw you over. <laughs> yeah, how, how dare Dude, you? Dude, you're such an asshole. <laughs> wow, how dare you? How dare you want to keep track of your own money? Asshole. How dare you? So do you have any funny stories or experiences? Uh, I mean, I have a lot of weird stories, but I can't think of an exact one right now. Oh, What's your favorite story to tell? So it doesn't apply to card counting. That's cool, man. Ploppy stories are great, too. I think most of us can relate to those and having to deal with ploppies and the stupid shit they say and think and do. So my buddy does the casino business, so I've dealt cards for him before. But it's just the ploppy logic is mind-boggling on this one, that it hits me every time. So I was dealing cards in California, and it's a company party, and it was at Google headquarters. This party is going well, and everyone's drinking, and they're close to, you know, Reno and Las Vegas. So everyone's talking about their Vegas experience. And we don't have any low denomination chips. We only have $5 chips and it's a $5 minimum. So what I'm doing, be generous, is giving out two to one. Immediate edge off the top with stay on 17, surrender, you know, half deck pen, all of the works because it's a company party. And this guy sure. gets so pissed off that I'm not paying six to five. What? <laughs> And the thing was, <laughs> most chips, like for every $100 in chips, you got a raffle ticket to win like a laptop or a phone. And he was so pissed off that he wasn't getting true odds like in Vegas. And his buddies are five is more than two to one, right? Because six is yeah. better than two. <laughs> the weirdest part was we're at Google headquarters and he's one of the programmers, one of the head programmers. And he's complaining about how six to five is the Vegas odds. And I'm completely wrong. So I told him, if you want to do, you know, a, a 10 or $15 bet, I could try to work in a six to five if you really want to, but it's going to pay you less. <laughs> Did he get it? No, no. For two hours, just kept badgering me about like, if I pulled out a card too early, I would do, oh, you know, dealer broke and then just pay everyone two to one regardless of just for the screw up because it's a company party. And he would just get so pissed <laughs> off that I threw off the cards and he was getting paid two to one versus six to five. And so <laughs> it's like he was counting or something, which he wasn't. I don't understand how you screwed up. Oh, because you took an extra card to break when you shouldn't have took a card just to yeah, have but fun. everyone got paid out regardless. <laughs> I would love that game in in real life. I know. I I wish I could do the same thing. <laughs> At like I give them the best rules, and they're like, "Well, why would you stand on 17? <laughs> it's always hit. That, that's better for you." <laughs> <laughs> I love.
of the you're not paying six to five. That's real Vegas odds. <laughs> yeah, maybe oh. if you're on a budget. <laughs> yeah, you're getting screwed <laughs> at six to five. Let alone is he you're paying him two to one, which is better than even real Vegas odds of three to two. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> he thinks six to five is better. <laughs> now maybe this is why, like, when you put in a search into Google, sometimes the errors out is because he programmed that page. I'm not sure, but it's a theory. <laughs> Yeah, because you think you'd have to have some level of intelligence to work at Google and be a programmer there. So I don't know. <laughs> you would think he should be on the Windows development team for sure. <laughs> he might have been. I didn't really ask too many questions. You know, in his previous in his career when he worked at Microsoft, <laughs> like I think he was on the Windows Vista development team. That sounds like. <laughs> I bet that's on his resume somewhere. Yeah. No, I I haven't dealt professionally, but I've gone to several of these parties and people get pissed off at not like you know me screwing up a payout over what they're supposed to get but just giving them better odds like surrender or you know stand on 17 or like you could double down anything you want they usually just get so frustrated that they don't know what to do <laughs> wow it's like i bend like they're some kind of expert because they played well, at a six to five table at the bellagio it's almost yeah. like if you four year old like too many options to choose from that they get like angry Mm-hmm. Like they don't know what to pick. Like it's almost the same thing. Like you give them too many options and it's just done. Guys like us would be like in heaven, <laughs> like <laughs> licking our chops. Like, oh yeah, I know this is a stupid company party, but I'm going to get me some raffle tickets. Yeah, no, I, I've even joked around like, well, you know, if my table's slow, could I enter the raffle? Right. <laughs> oh, that's cool, man. I like that story. That's making the cut. What is something that you wish that you would have told your younger self when you first started out that you learned the hard way Um, that you'd want to pass on to, you know, younger people that might be hearing this or newer players, I should say. Well, you know, not to say I'm like an advertisement, but I would have gotten BGA sooner, even though I know I knew it was a good program because of the communication between people and looking at different rules and knowing the casino you go to before you make a whole three hour trip out. But one simple thing that tripped me up and it only took me a couple hours to figure out was I knew insurance was after, you know, a true three and, you know, blackjack is even money. But for some reason, I wouldn't update the count after a play. So, you know, true counts four, I put out two large bets and then cards would come out and I wouldn't update the count before buying insurance. I just divide that in between gameplay and the last count. So there was a gap in between knowing I should update the count and actually doing it. Wow, that's huge for, yeah, like you said, insurance, even money, because it could go, you know, one TC can make a huge difference in stuff like hitting your 13s or, you know, 16s, yeah. whatever. Huge. Yeah, it was just a weird update time where I, I knew to update the count, but for some reason it was almost like someone hit pause and like, hey, do you want to accept or not accept? Not knowing that, you know, it's a continuous game, but for some reason I just kind of didn't spot that. But one day, I, I think it was because I also have fast dealers. And so I, I wanted to get out the insurance if I needed it without updating the count. So I think it hit once I saw a slow dealer and he gave me enough time to update the count to actually bet correctly on the insurance. And then it's yeah. like, oh, I've been doing it wrong for several hours. Right. With some dealers that are really fast, you have to announce, I am going to buy insurance before they, because yeah. sometimes they'll be like, insurance closed. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, I had that happen. Know, I threw my hand over the table and was grabbing the chips and they flipped the cards 
hands over and said, nope, too late. Like I threw my hand out and was grabbing chips. <laughs> oh no, that's, that's not a signal. Yeah, that's, yeah, that, that, that's happened to me before too. It, like if you have a large bet out there, it's pretty obvious that you're going to buy insurance. Again, not because of the bet size, but the reason that you have the large bet out there means you're probably going to be in the index to buy insurance, correct? So yeah. I'm all like, I am buying insurance before I grab my money. Certain dealers, if they're, if they're fast, some know what's going on and they try to sneak it in before, you know, to get over on you. Uh, and I, I think that's what it was, was she saw what I was doing and didn't like it. And then the next uh, high count that happened that had insurance, they wouldn't let me put the lump sum or the two bets in one spot on the insurance. And so she took sure. fights to figure out how to break down that into two spots. They had to call over the pit boss. She couldn't figure out how to divide a, a certain number. And it took them five minutes to buy insurance. And she was so frustrated that by the time she saw that she didn't have blackjack, she was like, see, that's why you never buy insurance. Well, what do you say in that case? Just like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm wrong. That's why I'm playing blackjack is I'm wrong. Yeah, that's why I'm gambling at all. You know, good thing I'm a shitty player. So you have a job. <laughs> good thing we're all shitty players. And don't you love yeah. it when dealers try to give advice? Like, they, I got some of them act like they, they're an authority on the game because they've been dealing for 20 years. And so they know. It doesn't mean you know shit. There's people who have been married for 20 years. doesn't mean that they're years. they're good at marriage. You saw bad plays for 20 years and you think that's the correct play. Yeah, and the, the very standard advice that I hear given out over and over again is with a new player they they say well the main thing is to play consistent either you got to hit your 16s or not hit your 16s just mm -hmm. whatever you choose be consistent which is you know as we know is completely not true but <laughs> yeah that that's the worst advice and i it's always a guy that tells new players this is you never surrender you got to go down with a fight <laughs> yeah you're here to gamble right yeah it's like well you know maybe uh, five dollars but you know some of the players i've seen have like five hundred dollars down and then they're still like well why why would I surrender? I have my big bet out. It's like, because it's the bad play. <laughs> you got $500, at least get back half of it. Yeah. It's like you're in a court and you know, there's a judge that's a tough judge and he's going to sentence you. You're going to be in, you're going to be in the pokey for a long time. And then you get offered a plea bargain. You take the plea bargain and get the hell out of that with the least amount of damage as possible. <laughs> no, I want to stand here and fight him. <laughs> Yeah, okay, 20 years, gone. <laughs> okay, maybe I should have accepted the, the surrender, yeah. <laughs> right, it, it is like you were saying earlier about how the dealer said, this is why you never buy insurance. It is, I've had that too, and I surrendered or whatever, and the dealer or sometimes another player will say, you know, you shouldn't have done that or something, or, or look at me like, you know, like I'm stupid for doing that. You know, it's just, you know, ploppy logic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I, I've had weird looks at me because I've had a pile of pink chips before because, you know, 15 after 16 after, you know, who knows what was being surrendered. So I had a eight inch high stack of pink chips and one yep. guy came up and he's like, are you just surrendering 20s or 19s? And I was like, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Me and the snowman were playing at a casino and it was shift change and he had a stack of 50 cent pieces because they have 50 cent pieces like, I don't know, probably 10, 12 inches high. He set them all stacked up and the new uh, pit bust comes in. He goes, oh, you're having a good night. That's a lot of blackjack. He goes, no, lots of surrenders. <laughs> yeah. He's like, if oh. he would have played it out, he would have had a lot less chips. <laughs> yeah, right, right. He got TC6. 
um, you got a hard 16 dealer has an ace showing or a face showing and you surrender and you're an idiot in their eyes. <laughs> What's always worse is like, let's say the dealer has an ace. And if for some reason, if you would have busted your hand, they wouldn't have gotten that extra, you know, card to land on a, a soft, whatever, yeah, like soft right. 19. Right. In- and like it's when people like like you like you're just saying you don't take the card that you would say you're on third base and you would have took the next card like say you would have took a two right if you would have hit and got an 18 but you surrendered your 16 and the dealer pulls 21 with that two yeah. helps them make a 21 or something but the person who's bitching at you stayed on a 15 <laughs> I, yeah i had a guy do that when i split the two spots this guy came in and i was the only player he sat down at the last seat and he's playing one and two spots one and two spots and the council going up and down and i'm going with it and it finally gets high enough to go to two hands and he gets up and sits down right next to me and plays one hand i start playing two hands and he starts complaining that oh if i would have known you were going to play two hands i wouldn't have played right well if i'm affecting you then why are you going one to two hands changing chairs if that's really changing you know whatever luck is in there <laughs> that's so funny when you dealers a lot of times say although i think this is a four-person table or this is a two-person table or this is a three-person table running count will go like with like two decks left on his Six you, you'd be like negative, I don't know, way negative. So it's not even going to recover. So it's a good time to go to the bathroom or something or go mm-hmm. stretch your legs or whatever. And you get up and then you get back just before the next shoe's about to start. And the players are all pissed off at I've had this happen. They're all pissed off at me because, you know, we lost every hand when you were gone. It's like, well, but. no, I had, I, I do have an interesting story. And this was kind of ballsy, but I actually bought an MIT t shirt, <laughs> said MIT <laughs> across the chest. And this is right after I started counting and started to get confident. But they, had a lot of new dealers at my local casino and they loved practical jokes and pranks and whatnot and so i thought okay what better way than to show up in mit t-shirt glasses like just (laughs) nerd it out and so i walked in with a jacket on and took it off like oh it's hot in here took it off and they're all having a good time and i'm counting and joking around with them and they're not even paying attention just because they're like hey greg look at this so i get up i walk to a table with three people and i sit down and everyone's like you don't want to sit at this table it's 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 terrible and so I joked around like the movie 21, like I'm about to change your luck. And right then the count went sky high. I think it was like a true 10. So I have $200 or $250 bets out and I just keep winning. And I only played one shoe before the pit boss came over and she noticed my shirt and she's like, is this supposed to frighten me? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's great. I thought I would have gotten kicked out for that, but I think everyone just had a good laugh that they didn't even pay attention to the play. They just thought I was some cocky drunk with the MIT shirt on. Right. Me and my girlfriend were talking about, speaking of t-shirts, uh, like t-shirts for the podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, I was like, well, that's not a bad idea, but no one's going to wear it to a casino. <laughs> where, where else would they want to wear it? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Go around and then you bump into a dealer that recognizes you in your area like hey what kind of podcast is that it'll say blackjack advantage play podcast the 10 it's an aces podcast <laughs> but you know I, I might i might get some made i think she has a good idea it's, it's not a bad idea i don't know i also have this t-shirt that i cut off amazon it's pretty funny it has a basic strategy chart and the funny thing is it's a stand 17 chart on it out of the dozens of casinos that are in the state of Washington, only one of them actually has a Stan 17 game. So at every other shop in my home state, that t-shirt and its chart are completely inaccurate. And 
It's ironic because the shirt says, if you don't have this chart memorized, don't sit down at my table. That's what it says on the shirt, which I think See, is I've, funny. I've gotten a couple shirts like that. Like I have a, a shirt that says play in the field and it has a craps felt. That way they dismiss me as just another gambler. But I think what you should do for your podcast is just say it's a shirt and it says, I love TNA. <laughs> if anyone wears that to the casino, no dealer or pit boss wants to talk to that guy. <laughs> there you go. That's <laughs> actually a great idea just yeah. i love tna and no one wants to talk to the creep <laughs> somehow i have to put the url to the show on there because it's kind of like advertising that's a good idea i like I, that i'm sure there's a way you could do the url without being obvious but just just that alone if you had that in big print and like the podcast in a very small print somewhere they're not even going to look at it they're just going to be like yeah. i don't want to go to your sex site <laughs> the point you make about not want to talk to that guy it's like a guy has a hat on that says FBI, female body inspector or something. Like, I don't want to talk to this douchebag. Yeah, uh, he's obviously not educated and he's going to give me bad advice like I should double down a hard 18 because he did it once and won. I'm not going to talk to him. <laughs> thanks for coming yeah. on, man. Yeah, it's been great. All right, man. Have a good rest of your day and uh, I'll see you down the felt. Okay, sounds good. See you. All right. <laughs> Well, that's going to be it for this episode of the Tens and Aces podcast. Hope you all enjoyed it. If you'd like to reach out to the show, you can contact us at the words Tens and Aces, the number 21 at gmail.com. That is Tens and Aces, the number 21 at gmail.com. Or you can call the show voicemail line at area code 518-289-0478. That's 518-289-0478. I'll see you down the felt. Here's a few messages from our sponsors. Find your paradise. Go to visitlasvegas.com. By the fact that you're listening to a podcast about blackjack and advantage play, it's clear that you're interested in this topic and most likely interested in becoming the best blackjack player you can become. Now, I suppose there are exceptions to this. Like, for example, maybe you're an uninterested significant other trapped in the car listening to this. Or maybe you're a kid trapped in the car forced to listen to this because your phone is dead and you can't tune out the world with your headphones in like you normally would. And by the way, kids, I apologize for all the F-bombs that I've dropped on this show. Please don't follow my example. Or maybe, just maybe, you don't like money and you want to continue to play blackjack and not make your game better. If you happen to fall in any of those categories, by all means, tune out and don't listen to a word that I have to say right here. But if you want to learn how to be the best blackjack player you can be, learn and grow your game, I suggest you check out blackjackapprenticeship.com. They offer what is, in my opinion, not only a world-class education on the game of blackjack, but the absolute best education you can find anywhere for this game. 
They offer online training drills, a supportive community, as well as other exclusive tools that are critical to your success. Even if you already know the ins and outs of this game and don't really need the training they offer per se. That's great. I'm kind of in that boat myself and I imagine there are several others of you that are as well. So even for people like us, just the opportunities in networking alone that this site offers is worth the price of admission and then some. I also can't stress enough that it is a wonderful and supportive community of other APs. There is almost no trolling in the forums there. So once again, I urge you to check out blackjackapprenticeship.com if you're serious about growing your game. have feelings of inadequacy? Do you suffer from shyness? Do you sometimes wish you were more assertive? If you answered yes to any of these questions, ask your doctor or pharmacist about tequila. Tequila is the safe, natural way to feel better and more confident about yourself and your actions. Tequila can help ease you out of your shyness and let you tell the world that you're ready and willing to do just about anything. You'll notice the benefits of tequila almost immediately and with a regimen of regular doses you can overcome any obstacles that prevent you from living the life you want to live. Shyness and awkwardness will be a thing of the past, and you'll discover many talents you never knew you had. Stop hiding and start living with tequila. Tequila may not be right for everyone. Women who are pregnant or nursing should not use tequila. However, women who wouldn't mind nursing or becoming pregnant are encouraged to try it. Side effects may include dizziness, nausea, vomiting, incarceration, erotic lustfulness, loss of motor control, loss of clothing, loss of money, loss of virginity, delusions of grandeur, table dance, headache, dehydration, dry mouth, and a desire to sing karaoke and play all night rounds of strip poker, truth or dare, and naked twister. Warning, the consumption of alcohol may make you think you're whispering when you're not. Is a major factor in dancing like a retard. May cause you to tell your friends over and over again that you're in love with them. Also may cause you to think you can sing. Alcohol may lead you to believe that ex-lovers are really dying for you to telephone them at four in the morning. Alcohol may make you think you can logically converse with members of the opposite sex without spitting. It may create the illusion that you are tougher, smarter, faster, and better looking than most people. And it may lead you to think people are laughing with you. Alcohol may May cause pregnancy and it also may be a major factor in getting your ass kicked so what are you waiting for stop hiding and start living with tequila down to the track put it all on a horse why don't you put it in the bank the bank this is found money i want to parlay it i want to make a big score oh you mean you want to lose it <laughs>